0: Um, The Bible reading is from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, uh, found in our Bibles on page number 1053. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered, entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Please keep your Bibles open while Mark comes and teaches us.
1: Before we look at that, I think uh, our children are going to be uh, heading off into their little uh, special place behind the screen. So they're off around the corner. Uh, we'll hear them, I'm sure, and they'll hear us, but uh, we'll try and concentrate on uh, the bits we are meant to be listening to and no one else. So here we are uh, Luke uh, chapter 19. If you've accidentally shut your Bible back to 1053, you go. And let me come at this by asking uh, an interesting question uh, What would you reckon? Is uh, the hardest miracle? What do you think is uh, the toughest? <coughs> now, in some ways, uh, the question itself is a pretty tough question because miracles, by definition, are going to be the toughest. So the five loaves. I think the hardest miracle is Raising for the dead, raising for the dead certainly uh, a tough one. Uh, there'd be lots of different ones. I imagine the hard ones that we picked that we'd like to see, our dreams of us. would make life a lot easier, like being fed and being raised from the dead. Uh, those are all hard miracles, that's true, but none of them were hard for Jesus. He did them all, and he tells us that all the miracles that he did were previews to the full and perfect life that he will bring in his kingdom. But there was one miracle, if I can put it like this, that Jesus couldn't do. And uh, if we were here last month in January, 8, uh, in January, uh, we f- met the one uh, I'm thinking about in uh, Luke chapter 18, the chapter before this. And uh, you know how Jesus met a man, chapter 18, verse 23. Uh, he met a man who uh, wouldn't let go of his riches. And uh, he walked away from Jesus, not getting what he came for. And uh, he is the uh, only uh, one that has ever left Jesus. Sad, it tells us that uh, in uh, uh, that uh, verse. Um, Uh, 23 became sad one person seemed that Jesus wasn't able to help and so Jesus uh, uh, turns around and says how hard it is in verse 24 for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven indeed it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven And so when people realized actually it was that hard, they were shocked and they said, but who then can be taken into the kingdom? And Jesus in verse 27 replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. That man didn't uh, uh, respond to Jesus, but nonetheless, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And now you turn the page into chapter 19 and what do you find? A rich man. This miracle is happening. A rich man is entering into the kingdom of God. And he's there in chapter 19 to teach us the punchline, which is verse 10, that Jesus came... The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Uh, Just uh, uh, get the punchline with me, all together. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Okay? So what might we be learning tonight, just so that you know where the road's going? It is that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay? Let's see him doing that as we go through this little passage. First... You see, Jesus seeks. Now, if you saw Zacchaeus driving past in his Rolls Royce and you asked the cop on point duty, who is that? Uh, he'd say, oh, well, that's Zacchaeus, and he is very, very rich. In verse 2, that is his identity. Can you see that? He was wealthy. But you ask Jesus, who's going past, and Jesus would say he is Very, very lost. You ask the crowd who's going past, they say he's actually very, very unpopular uh, because uh, uh, no one uh, liked him. And you can understand, really, uh, for a start, uh, he was uh, uh, immoral uh, uh, because uh, uh, he thought himself as rich. Uh, He was immoral because he was a cheat. Uh, tax collectors knew how to uh, collect taxes and they usually tax people more than uh, they should and Zacchaeus was better than anybody else. Okay, he is the chief. (coughs) He is immoral. Another thing about him you could say is that he is treacherous. After all, it's his money that's keeping the Roman army there. So he's doing something to make sure that the enemy runs his country. Treachery. And he wouldn't have been all that uh, uh, religious either. Not part of the God squad. It's very rare to find a tax collector in a temple, and therefore there's a special mention of that when it happens. When Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 18, but the tax collectors are in the story, rarely there in real life. And that's easy to understand, isn't it? Because generally the rich people don't need God. Your riches cushion you against the needs that other people have. And that may be why the rich man walked away from Jesus in chapter 18. Whatever Jesus had to offer, he wasn't going to uh, lose his riches for it as far as uh, rich people are concerned generally they're not the ones who was lost that's everybody else they've been able to save themselves from what most people worry about and yet Jesus seeks Zacchaeus and although he thinks he's okay but I might think well you may see the story differently. You might see that Zacchaeus is actually seeking Jesus. Who's seeking who? And I suppose you could say, uh, as uh, you look at, um, at verse 4, that uh, Zacchaeus is the one who's uh, making uh, the effort. He's the one who's climbed up the tree. He's the one who's breaking out into a sweat to get to Jesus. But Actually, we don't know that he is seeking Jesus. We know that he popped up the tree to see him. That's what it says in verse 4. Jesus was coming this way, so he went that way to see him. That's the word being used. doesn't mean that he's seeking him. After all, you know the rich man in chapter 18, he went to Jesus and he said, what must I do? He went to see Jesus, but he wasn't seeking him. He left without really uh, finding Jesus at all. So it's a bit much to say that it's Zacchaeus doing uh, the uh, rich man, uh, doing the seeking. In fact, our punchline tells us, doesn't it, that it's not Zacchaeus, the short man, uh, doing the seeking, it's the son of man who came to seek. So let's look at the real one who's seeking, which is Jesus, in verse 5. Verse 5, he calls him by name. Verse 5, he says, I must come and stay in your house. And when you look at verse 7, it's the crowd that are attacking Jesus for making all the moves. They're not saying that uh, Zacchaeus is uh, seeking him. They think Jesus is doing that, and he shouldn't. So it's the spotlight on Jesus seeking. And it is in fact because Jesus is seeking verse 5. That he then starts seeking Jesus. By hurriedly coming down his tree. To do that. People only seek Jesus because. He seeks them first. Really important. To understand who is seeking who. What does it mean though. To uh, seek somebody. And I think actually. It might just help us, Help us. To get this really clear, that when it means to seek someone, what Jesus is actually doing is he is placing himself next to the lost. He's doing that in Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, which is where he will do exactly the same thing. Because when he gets to Jerusalem, he is lining up with those who are lost, either side of him, as he dies. And where. Like in this story, he draws the criticisms and the mutterings of people around him at the time. As he dies in place of the lost, that they may be found. That's how much Jesus wants to seek the lost. That he is willing to die that they might be found and brought to God through him. So it is a wonderful thing that uh, uh, Jesus seeks. It's quite an amazing thing, the length he goes to to seek. And then as a result of that, there are those like Zacchaeus who come seeking him. Okay? Jesus seeks. And then uh, we seek uh, after that and climb down <coughs> from our high positions in order to do that, that's what Zacchaeus did but also the second part of verse 10 is that uh, Jesus saves and what you actually see in the story of Zacchaeus is what the saved life looks like and it looks very generous doesn't it? as uh, you see that little tree and see what's in the middle of it and see how uh, wonderfully uh, Descriptive that generosity is. That's what verse eight is telling us. Zacchaeus stood up and said, "Lord, here and now I give half my possessions of poor And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, and doesn't that, when you actually look at it closely, it's not just if I have done it, um, implying I don't think I have, but if I have done it and I have, that comes out more in the original than in the English." He's not uh, shying away. He is telling it like it is. And that is the saved life because that is the saved person. Jesus confirms that, doesn't he? Today salvation has come to this house. Now, let me really make a big headline thing and say this, that giving money doesn't save. That's not how Zacchaeus got himself saved. Look, friends... If you could get yourself saved by giving money, then it is not hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Uh, anyone can? Now, uh, Here is uh, proof that uh, uh, just as being lost and Jesus seeking is, he places himself next to the lost. So when he saves, the saved life, looks like someone who has put himself next to Jesus, sharing his ways, sharing his values. People don't quite know why Zacchaeus is going over the top in the amount that he's giving. In the Old Testament, you didn't have to give away that much if you got it wrong. But Zacchaeus seems to be writing open checks. Why? Because Jesus writes serpent checks. And so therefore he places himself next to the Lord Jesus. And it's not a vague woolly sort of thing to be like Jesus. It is very specific. It costs money. It means caring for others. Previously the spend is on ourselves. And the care is on ourselves. Now... There is incredible care for others more than ourselves. The saved life looks like Jesus, looks like that in terms of care, specific care for other people. The saved life is to be changed to be like him. And you might just notice actually that in that process, how much joy there is in the story. You can't miss out, can you, on the gladness that you read about in verse 6. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Don't ever separate the gladness in verse 6 from the generosity in verse 8. The amazing joy of being a Christian is that you become like the Lord Jesus in the way that your life suddenly, attractively joyfully is turned around to care for other people that's an amazing difference to experience and is the work of Jesus where he makes people like him again you can see how verse 9 shuts the door on thinking that our money will get us there When Jesus says that he's a child of Abraham, the emphasis that any person who knows Abraham will be able to tell you is that Jesus is talking about somebody who simply trusts him. Abraham, when he trusted Jesus, really had nothing. He was pretty helpless at the time in terms of helping himself. But he trusted Jesus. He looked to him. To provide what he didn't have. This man is now like that. It might also actually explain why he is so happy. Because Abraham is the guy who is immediately promised an inheritance of everything that God has in his future. So no wonder there's joy in the air. Because he's a child of Abraham he knew he knows that a whole new, much bigger future is now lined up for him. Well, what does that mean for us today? Well, let me ask you, if you're someone who's new to church, maybe new to Christian things, what can you learn from the story? of Zacchaeus that we looked at today. It might be that uh, you are already aware that there's something stirring in you that makes you want to just find out about Jesus, get to discover more about him. I wonder if you ever thought that actually it might be God that is seeking you and that's why that desire is there more to the point when that desire is really present in someone the honesty that comes in allows that person to say I am someone who is lost not that they've done the wrong things necessarily but loved the wrong things more than they've loved God and the awareness comes through, actually, I'm lost, as far as God is concerned. I was chatting that through with Debbie, and she said, yes, and normally the way that that actually is felt in a person's heart is that they begin to think that they're not good enough for God. And if that beginning of truth is uh, shining in your heart and that awareness is there then isn't it a wonderful thing to know that the reason is there is because there is a living God who is searching for you wouldn't it be a great thing therefore to hurry down your tree and to start a new life that is like him And so therefore, if you're someone who's new, uh, then it's just helpful to understand that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and that's why you're beginning uh, to uh, 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 look to him. But also, then climb down and to be like him in the way that Zacchaeus was himself. What happens if you're used to church you're at home uh, in a church maybe you come to this one maybe you go to other ones too Uh, what's that got to uh, teach uh, someone who's familiar with the Christian crowd but isn't it easy for us to actually enjoy the Christian crowd to go from one Christian meeting to another what's not to like friendly people usually food and the cold winter's night, a certain amount of heat? Ah, it's a good thing, isn't it, to be amongst uh, Christians. Isn't it helpful for us, though, to actually see where our attention should be focused this evening? The lesson that we ought to take home? And that is that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's not that he came to get us from one Christian meeting to another. He came so that our money so that our energy can be spent becoming like him in this area. The son of man came to seek and save the lost if I read verse 10 correctly if we're not involved in that how can we say that we're Christians? I just going to Christian meetings doesn't make you a Christian it may just show that you're lonely and you're bored and therefore you want another evening out somewhere Now the only reason why we know that we're really uh, being found by Jesus is because we want to seek and save the lost, be part of his work in that way. What happens if you are part of the crowd, but uh, you're feeling uh, discouraged? That is, you go out to seek and save the lost, and yet again and again and again, It just seems impossible. No one seems to be responding at all. And you come back once again with uh, people who seem to be unmoved, unhelped. It's easy, isn't it, to get discouraged at that point. Well, is it important for us who understand that Jesus came to seek and save the lost actually also understand (laughs) about... Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus stands in Luke as the man for whom it would be impossible to become a Christian. It is impossible for a... Uh, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but with God, what is impossible for man is not impossible for him. And so the story in uh, Luke's Gospel of Zacchaeus is to encourage us as a church plant to understand that with God Zacchaeus is not impossible and in a chapter 19 which is full of rejection of Jesus we'll see that again and again the way we experience it very often on the estate sometimes nonetheless that chapter starts with Zacchaeus to help us that With man, things might be impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. So let's not lose heart. And uh, understand that that same God who drew Zacchaeus to himself will seek and save the lost on our estate as well. Take confidence and uh, uh, look forward and ask that he might do that again. Well look, let's pray, and then I'm going to um, uh, uh, have a time of uh, questions. People might like to say what they want to at that point, but let me pray first. Uh, Father, we do want to thank you that uh, through the Lord Jesus, you sought and saved Zacchaeus as proof that what is impossible for man <coughs> is possible for you. By your Holy Spirit, please do the impossible with us as well. And uh, uh, work with our estate. Draw some to respond to him the way that Zacchaeus did. Full-blooded, whole-hearted way. And we pray that he would please draw us to be like the Lord Jesus. So that uh, our money may not be uh, our life, but that being like Jesus might be our life. And we pray that for the glory of his name. Amen. Amen.